Hi, y'all. This is Kristen Chenoweth. Hi, I'm Gloria Stefan. This is Sarah Bareilles. Hi, I'm Patty Lapone. This is Lynn Manuel Miranda. You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. I feel pretty and witty and gay. Duh. Oh my God! Did you hear? Did you hear? Did you hear? Oh my God, guys! Jake Jake has has I can't believe Jake is a podcast. Oh my God! Oh my God! Oh my God! What's up, everybody? My name is Jake Workman, and this is Oh My Pod, you guys, a musical theater and pop culture podcast. You guys, a lot has come about this week in the world of Broadway news. It was just announced that a new comedy entitled The Cottage will play Broadway soon with a rather stacked cast and creative team. Eric McCormick of Will and Grace fame as well as Laura Bell Bundy and Lily Cooper will lead the show. And it's going to be directed by Jason Alexander, which is his Broadway directorial debut. And if anyone knows comedy, it's Jason Alexander. So I cannot wait to see what this show entails. Another new show that's going to take Broadway soon is a production of Room, which is a new play that's adapted for the stage by its original author, Emma Donahue, who also penned the screenplay for the 2015 film version of the story. And it's going to star Adrian Warren and feature Ephraim Sykes and Kate Burton. And I am really, really intrigued by this play. I read the book and I saw the movie. This movie was one that worked really beautifully, I thought, um, translated from a book to a screenplay. Uh, The performances in the film were absolutely stunning, and it's a really gripping and um, heart-wrenching tale. And I'm very intrigued to see what they're going to do with the stage adaptation. Adrienne Warren is a powerhouse, and I think she's going to take this opportunity to show that her chops are not limited to dance or vocals. We also, coming down the pike, have Boop, the Betty Boop musical. It's going to have a pre-Broadway engagement in Chicago. I'm a little um, confused. I mean, I am a big ol' homo, so... I have loved Betty Boop all my life. I grew up watching the cartoon version at my grandparents' house every morning before I would go to school. Um, So I am well-versed in the Boop Boopy Doop extravaganza. However, I'm less than enthralled by the idea of someone playing Betty Boop. I don't really know how this is going to go down. But you know what? We'll see. Stranger things have happened. There's a new musical on Broadway called Shucked, as in corn. So anything is possible. Also, Maude Apatow is currently starring as Audrey in the off-Broadway production of Little Shop of Horrors. I have seen the show twice now. I think it's absolutely fabulous. A lovely friend of mine, Teddy Udane, covers multiple people in the show and also operates the Audrey 2 puppet. He's phenomenal. Um, and the show itself is is really quite lovely. But I'm not sure about... Uh, Miss Apatow and what she she brings to the show. Lena Hall was just Audrey before her and um, I would say that those are some pretty large shoes to to fill. So I'm interested to see um, the reviews and, and what people are responding to about Maude's performance. Next on the docket, we have to talk about two new non-ec tours that are going to be launched in the coming months. 
one of which is The Share Show, which if you didn't see, truly could have been an absolute disaster, but it was amazing. It's the music of Cher. It's the visuals of Cher. Obviously, the Bob Mackie costumes are just unmatched. It's great. And I think that a national tour is the correct pathway for a show like this to shine. The other Nonak tour that was just announced is Come From Away, a fabulous production. I was absolutely floored by this show. I will say, I am rather a slut for spectacle, and this show is very pared down. Um, it's beautifully constructed, and the storytelling relies mostly on the individual performances as opposed to a larger visual spectacle. But I was really taken by this production. It obviously hinges on the story surrounding 9-11, but the show focuses so much more on the incredible generosity of the people in Canada who took in all of these stray flights who had nowhere else to go. It's one act straight through. It's very minimal in terms of set and design, but it is beautiful. And you guys, in one other really exciting piece of news, I'm very excited to share in the coming days some really fun tea. I can't share all the details yet, but stay tuned for a very special announcement about a certain partnership that I am so lucky to have with a pretty well-known Broadway news outlet. If you are in the world of Broadway, you might know who I'm talking about. But I'm so excited to partner with these people and to get to share some incredible new content with everybody. So yay, yay. The coming weeks have some very exciting things on the horizon. Oh my pod, you guys. I am so excited to welcome my next guest on the show. They are a New York City drag artist, a TV personality, and a political activist. Please welcome Marty Cummings. Welcome! Hi, I'm so excited to be chatting with you. I know we've been talking about this for a while, so I'm yes. happy it's finally happening. I know. Where are you calling from? Uh, my kid, my deck kitchen, living room, dining. It's all. The, it's a New York apartment, so you know the. It's all one room. Uh, but, yeah, my home. <laughs> yes, amazing. Where have you always lived, or how long have you lived in New York? Uh, I've lived in New York for. It will be 18 years in June. Oh my goodness! Incredible. Yeah. So you know the lay of the land. This is old hat for you. I'm old girl. (laughs) My God. Oh, please. Not even. Wait, so where was home for you before New York? Um, I grew up uh, on the eastern shore of Maryland on a small farm, but I went to school in Delaware my whole life. So it's, I consider myself a Marylander and a Delawarean. I love that. Ooh, Please welcome to the stage, Miss Marylander Delawarean. <laughs> Delmarva, Del that's what they call it. <laughs> I love it. So did your upbringing on the East Coast um, influence your sort of road to political activism? Or what, what got you into uh, that? Well, my, my granddad was in politics, uh, which I don't talk about very often. Um, but my granddad, uh, was a political figure, like where I'm from. And, uh, so I always had that, you know, uh, uh, 
had that and like he was like the only like democrat in the county that i'm from it's like a very conservative county and he was like the only democrat uh i mean that i mean there's other democrat but like he was like uh you know uh a democrat during those reagan years which was very important to have democrats at that time right absolutely Um, uh you know he died when i was very young and i only have like one or two memories of him but uh uh yeah so that kind of influenced me politically, I had this really cool experience. I went home for, uh, uh, when I had gotten married, I'm, I'm now since not married, but when I went home for my wedding, uh, the day of the wedding, we were like, my friends and I were walking through the farmer's market in the little town or whatever, to just kind of like clear my head before everything. And they had, you know, at the farmer's market, they had like all the different, um, food, like the produce and crafts and shit and then there's like the republican (laughs) booth on one end and the democrat booth on the other and i was walking by and these sweet little old ladies were like oh my gosh are you judge gould's uh grandchild and i was like yeah and they were like oh my god we heard that you're like political (laughs) and and we're so proud of you and i was like oh that's oh wow uh so (laughs) i don't know i i feel like my granddad did a lot of good um uh and i'm happy to kind of like hopefully continue that in some way yeah that's fantastic and i i love um that part of your sort of platform is um talking about how the art form of drag is sort of intrinsically linked to politics and and activism um when did you start doing drag or what what led you to that oh golly um uh oh golly um Also, for the listeners, I'm so happy that Jake asked a long question because I shoved my face full of cheese. Uh, <laughs> um, uh, I started doing drag. Okay, so I've been in the city for almost 18 years. I don't remember exactly what year. this. Ha- when did I do that? So I, I mean, I know what year I moved, but that's not what I mean. Uh, but this show, God, when was that? I got cast in a show off-Broadway. They were doing, like, replacement. And I got, like, some Drama Desk nominations. And they were doing, like, a replacement casting and so I went into audition and I I got you know to the final callback and the writer and director were in the room and you know you're an actor you you know like when a show is set and hiring replacements and they've already been nominated for a drama desk award they don't rewrite the show you know like it's sure it's done it's been through that stage uh you know it's set yes it's set but I went in to the final callback and they said, we have an idea based off of, like, how you've auditioned uh, of, of changing this character. And I was like, what do you mean? And uh, it, it was a BDSM version of Oliver Twist. <laughs> and <laughs> Oliver Nipple Twist. Yeah. And I had gone in for Charlie Bates, who was Fagan's kind of, like, right-hand man, whatever. And, uh, and he was a very, the character was a very, like, buttoned-up kind of character, right? And they were like, we have this idea. We want to, like, make the character, like, an androgynous character who is on, like, the gender spectrum and uh, is uh, exploring different sides of gender. And that was before, like, we really had the language of non-binary or anything Mm -hmm. like that. You know, this was a long time ago. This was, like, 15 or 16 years or 16 years ago. And, um... And I was like, sure, I need a job. Let's do it. And uh, <laughs> and they cast me and I, uh, you know, was dabbling in drag with that character. And then um, 
I just really lo- loved it. And my boyfriend at the time was doing hair on Broadway. And so we went to a lot of different events and he was like, you should like dress up like when we go to events. And I was like, sure. And, and I, and I like fell in love with it. And then I started to go see Peppermint and Shaquita and Sherry Vine and mm-hmm. uh, like watch their shows. And I would go in the most awful busted drag and they <laughs> a number, and I was like so bad and like whatever, but I loved it. And, and I had like no outfit, I had like one outfit or something. And uh, and then Patina Miller was moving to uh, London. I had a car at the time and she was like, can you help me put my stuff in storage? And I said, sure. And we're the same size. And so she gave me a bag of dresses and heels and she goes, uh, start your <gasps> career. And- um, Oh my God. Yeah. And so it was like super cool. And then like I, uh, a little bit of time went by and I threw a birthday party at- um, this bar called Vig 27, which no longer exists. It was on 27th and Park. And uh, and I threw this birthday party and I, I was like, I'm going to MC my birthday party in drag. And it was, it was so busted. It was so ugly. It was so busted. <laughs> uh, but I, I wanted to do like a fun thing. So um, what's really cool about being in New York for a long time is you get to see your friends, like dreams come true. And so uh, when I did this birthday, it was like my, my guest were Lily Cooper and Matt Doyle and Adam Cantor and Frankie Grande. And now they're all like huge, huge. And this is like, we were like kids, you know, Yeah. Uh, when we did this and, and then the, the bar uh, owner after the, the birthday show was like, Hey, you're really funny. Do you want to have a weekly show? And thus began my drag career. Wow. That's amazing. So how did you first get connected with um, those theater people? Was it just through your own theatrical endeavors, like auditioning and doing shows? Or um, I got involved with them because, like I said, so my, my boyfriend at the time was doing hair, and that was around the time, it was like 2009, and that was around the time where there's the big uh, Prop 8 was happening in 2008, and there was a mm-hmm. lot of talk around marriage, and is Obama going to support marriage, and all of that stuff and so uh rory o'malley and gavin creel start at broadway impact which is an organization that brought broadway actors and 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 uh whatnot together to fight for marriage equality and so my my boyfriend and i started uh broadway speaks out which was kind of like a offshoot of broadway impact and we would throw these benefit concerts at the duplex for ali fournay center uh which i'm now on the board of they're an amazing organization for homeless lgbtq youth and and so I would just like meet people at these events that Anthony and I would go to and, 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 uh, became friends and, and, you know, like you, you're in the Broadway community, you know, it's a small knit community. So once you like start meeting people and you see totally. each other everywhere and you know, you go to enough events. The overlap in the Venn diagram is essentially yeah, one yeah. giant circle. Yeah. And you start meeting people and becoming friends. And a lot of these people, you know, were just starting out like me and, and we were the same age and, uh, yeah, so it just kind of like we just, you know, uh, Lena Hall, like she's still on my phone as Selena Carver Hall, you know, she did <laughs> at the time. Uh, um, yeah, it was very, I, I, it was really interesting, like now to see them where they're at, like they all have like Tonys. Uh, and not, yeah. <laughs> it was amazing, but you know, like we were kids and mm-hmm. it was the start of their theater career, the start of my drag career. And uh, uh, yeah, so um, that's wild. Yeah. So you mentioned that you performed at the duplex. Obviously you also have um, sort of a resident show at the spot and a few other shows throughout the city. But um, tell me about, about being such a 
a prominent presence in the New York City nightlife community. I mean, you really are. Everybody knows who you are, not just because of your um, your run for city council and your political activism, but just the fact that you are a great drag queen. Tell me about being in that in that sort of nightlife scene. Um, it's really interesting. Like I, I love, uh, I love drag and like my drag has certainly been an evolution. Like I, I didn't wear wigs for like six or seven years in my drag career. Um, Joey J who I love period. Um, I love, I love Joey. Uh, (laughs) but you know, like, and it's really funny because when I first started out in drag and I started becoming, I don't know if successful is the right word, but I started like booking work, you know, and getting Mm -hmm. gigs. Right. And I, I didn't wear pads and I didn't put on boobs and I didn't wear a wig and my makeup was really bad. And like, you know, I was just really bu- like looking back, I'm like, wow, girl, you were so busted. But I kept getting hired. And a lot of drag queens at the time, like really like made fun of me a lot uh, because of how I looked and whatever. But I got hired because I'm really professional and I'm really good at what I like not to be like. I hate when people are like, I'm so good. But, like, I've worked very hard to, like, study comics and study. Totally. Like, how you, like, how, like, how to, whatever. And I also, like, I have terrible stage fright. Like, it's just the worst stage fright in the world. Like, it's, it's like, it can be, like, crippling, like, anxiety. And and so I've, I've like, really embraced that, which is why I have a show called Stage Fright. And, like, if I mess up the lyrics or I fuck up on stage or whatever, I just incorporate it into the show and make it part of it. Um, and I became like known for that, like, uh, and, um, so now being someone who like has had all these really fun, awesome things happen within my drag career, I'm really grateful for like those messy moments, you know, and Mm I, I've been sober for, it will be 12 years in March. And like, there was moments that were like, I was fired from like every gig because I was such a drunk and like. But then, you know, I, like, rebuilt my career getting sober. And and, and um, so to be, like, to answer your question is, like, a really long answer. Sorry. But, like, to answer your no, question. No, I love it. Like, being, you know, whatever. Uh, I'm really proud of the trajectory of my career and the evolution of it and the evolution of myself as a person and, like, learning and growing from, like, mistakes. Whether, like, it's how I do my makeup or how I present myself on stage, or what type of jokes am I sh- saying? You know, like, I really look to Chelsea Handler and Sarah Silverman as, like, a great guide point in how to, like, evolve and learn from your mistakes. And when you know better, you do better. And, uh, Hell yeah. Yeah, and so, and then, like, politics came into it, and my drag took on a whole different trajectory because of that. And it's been, like, a yeah, so, uh, yeah. Uh, I'm happy people know who I am, and some people like that. <laughs> some people don't. <laughs> Fine. Um, can you talk a little bit about um, being sober in the queer community? Has it been difficult? Uh, or if yeah. you don't want to, you don't have to. No, yes, I talk about sobriety a lot. Like, yes and no. Like, I was a mess, you know. Like, I, I reference, like, one of the moments of my early career. I was super fucked up and, like, high and drunk and just an, a, an absolute mess that I... And I was at this event and Justin Bond was there. And and if the listeners don't know who Justin Bond is, please look them up. They're in the movie Short Bus and they were Tony nominated for their show Kiki and Herb. And uh, they're, they're an incredible cabaret artist. And, and um, they're like my idol. You know, I love them and I'm grateful that we're friends now, you know, but they're they're my idol. And and uh, George, stop. Sorry, that's my dog. Um, so <laughs> I like climbing on me. So, uh, so I was at this event. 
and Justin Bond was there and I was meeting them for the first time and I was shit-faced, just out of my mind. I, I peed myself on the red carpet. I knocked over the step and repeat. Uh, my friend who I was with, like, literally went up to all of the photographers and was like, can you please delete those hmm. pictures? And they did. Wow. And they did, you know. Uh, but that's, like, what I was like, you know. And then, like, later, you know, I, I'm grateful Justin, I guess, for giving and, uh, you know, has been an incredible mentor to me since then. But so that's, like, what I was like, you know. And, and then I just had this moment. I... I just uh, had a really awful experience of like hitting my bottom and, and I had this like six day blackout. I have six days of my life. I don't remember. And then I like came out of my blackout at night of a thousand gallons, this event. And it was my last night drinking. I was just so fucked up and, and it was like embarrassing. And I had friends who tried to do an intervention. It was like really awful. And, and, uh, but at the end of that night, I went to Betty bar, which I don't even know if they're still open on 46th street. And a friend of mine offered me a shot and I looked in the mirror and I had like that split moment realization where I was like, you're either going to stop drinking or you're going to die. And, mm-hmm. uh, and I went home and I haven't had a drink or drug since. And that would, would be 12 years in March, you know? So it's, wow. it's, I think we're given, you're given like a small, like the door opens a crack and it's up to us to either be like, okay, I'm going to push this door open or slam it shut and I for whatever reason like for whatever reason that night it just like clicked I was like I'm going like I am going to die yeah uh, and I believe that I don't think I would be alive today if I didn't get sober wow well congratulations on 12 years that's incredible and um I think it's uh it's an important reminder that so much of the queer experience and queer nightlife is based in consumption of either drugs or alcohol or whatever. And that stems from the history of being marginalized and pushed to places where the only safe place for a queer person was a bar or a place where, yeah. But like, so you can go to a bar. I mean, listen, everybody's sober journey is their own. Like some people don't like to go to bars. I work in bars every single day. Right. Me, Like I'm like, I'm very, I'm very lucky in like my sober journey with that. Um, uh, but like, there's so many venues now who have mocktail options and not just ginger ale or seltzer, you know, there's like, you know, fun drinks that like have fun flavors and they're non-alcoholic, which is really important because I think a lot more people are getting sober. And also like, you can be a sober person and exist in that world. Like my boyfriend, like loves to go out dancing and, and, and whatnot. And I go sober and have a great time, you know, but then when it's time to go home, I know it's time to go home, you know? And, Mm -hmm. uh, and also if I'm not comfortable in an environment, I'll, I'll just leave. Uh, yeah, I have no problem. (laughs) I'm out of here, baby. Yeah. I'm like, y'all are twisted now. It's time for me to puff it out of here. Head on home. Yeah. But a lot of venues do, uh, really great. Um, uh, mocktail options and my friend Xavier uh, threw a sober party for a while, which was really fun. Uh, sober nightlife party. And I think there's more, more people are like, I think there used to be so much stigma around being sober and I don't think there's as much now, which is nice. Yeah, absolutely. I actually, um, I just, and I'm probably so behind on the times, but um, I just found this like entirely um, non-alcoholic, liquor store on the Upper West Side and they actually oh, the I actually think they have a few locations throughout but 
Somebody told me about this the other day. It, yeah, by Lincoln Center, right? Yeah, and um, it's called Boysen, and they have really excellent, um, all like non-alcoholic and sort of like alternatives to um, liquors and cocktails and whatever. And th- some people like love that, and some people are like, I don't need to like replace <laughs> liquor with anything. But um, <laughs> George uh, agrees. Yeah, um, yeah. I mean, every- everybody's different. Like. Some sober people are like I don't I'm not I'm gonna have a Red Bull like whatever and then some sober people uh-huh. are like oh, I'm gonna do that you know and it's everybody it's every it's nobody's business but the person mm-hmm. who's doing it totally so let's talk about um your like theatrical background obviously you mentioned that you were in an off Broadway show um did you ever train for musical theater or or did you what was your path? I mean, you've like sold out 54 Below shows. You are obviously very well versed in the art of musical theater. Oh, um, I went to AMDA. Don't make fun of me. Uh, <laughs> no, there's no, never making fun of any, any musical theater program. I went to AMDA. I had a great experience. No, did I have a good experience? Um, I don't know if I had a good experience. I, <laughs> <laughs> I, you had an experience. I actually didn't have a good experience. I, okay. I'm just saying I had a good experience because I, 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 I want to be nice. Uh, but, um, <laughs> I, I, didn't have, I didn't have a good experience. I had a good experience with my friends and the friends I made and the, the friends I'm still friends with, you know, but sure. the school, it was at a time when there was no big queer roles, uh, in theater except for a Lacage. And as a 18 year old twink, I'm certainly not going to be playing the lead in Lacage. And I wasn't sure. a dancer to play a Kajel and, um, and that was like it. And then the wedding singer came out and there was the boy George character and like that or whatever. But I was told by, by, and I had a lot of really great teachers there. And then I had a lot of teachers who told me like, um, I should quit. I'll never work. Yeah. I'm too flamboyant. I can never play straight. I'm too gay. I'm too this. I'm too that. Um, mm-hmm. never be roles for me. Um, and I believed them. Right. Uh, because why wouldn't you? Yeah, and that really hurt. Uh, instead of being like, okay, let's like find material that's good for you, or let's let's create material that's yeah, good for whatever. You. And that's also one of the reasons that drag like really came at a time that I really needed it because I was able to create my own work, you know. And 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 I started drag at a time where it was like before Drag Race. Um, uh, like really kicked off. Uh, I started drag around like the time that Drag Race like launched on TV, mm-hmm. and so it wasn't like the phenomenon it is now. And there was only a couple of bars that hired drag performers. There was only a handful of perform drag performers who worked full time. So it was a different market than it is now. And and it came at a time when I really needed it, and I I kind of just like struck gold. Uh, uh, but yeah, so I'm yeah, I guess I'm theater trained. You certainly are. Do you have any hopes to to maybe cross over into the world of musical theater again? Yeah. Fuck yeah. Um, Fuck yeah. I, I got called in for Titanic recently, and, and that went really well, and I ended up not getting it. But uh, but the audition went really, really well, and, and I don't audition very much anymore only when like my mm-hmm. management like says oh you got asked to come in for this thing I did say to my agents a couple of years ago like right before the pandemic I was like I really want to play Mama Morton in Chicago and they're like, ah! like they're like that would never happen a drag queen would never do that 
<laughs> and, and and now Jinx is doing it, which she's incredible. She's so fucking. I texted her and I was like, "You took my part." Uh, she's, <laughs> she's so fucking brilliant and so deserving of it, and I'm I'm happy that like the casting um, has cast her in it. And she did this great interview where she talked about um, the. It's not about like gender. Like she's playing. Like she is Mama Morton, and it's not about. They're, they're not, like, tongue-in-cheeking that she's a drag queen. They're not doing that. She is just that character. Right. And it's really beautiful to see. So I hope more Broadway shows start doing stuff like that. And, uh, and uh, of course, I, I would I would love to do theatrical stuff again. It's so funny. I always do, like, these Broadway concerts. Uh, and, like, Telsey calls me in for shit, like, all the time. And, and I'm just like, I'm ready. <laughs> you know? Um, <laughs> If it happens, great. And if it doesn't, like, work. Like, you know. Totally. Well, I would love, obviously, to to work with you in any capacity, but especially if we got to do a, a big Broadway musical. <laughs> That'd be a hoot. So that. you currently serve um, on the board of directors for Ali Forney? I do, yeah. Okay, um, great. So let's talk about it. You, Ali Forney Center um, for Homeless LGBT Youth is an incredible organization in New York. And you also are on the advisory board for Equality New York. Yes. You do a lot of things. Tell me about them. (laughs) (laughs) Um, How do you balance the, the number of things that you do in sort of your like daytime world with the work that you do as a nightlife performer? I mean, I will say, like, it's hot, like, you know, being on a board, you know, there's meetings. It's, I don't make it to every meeting, uh, you know, but I do what I can. And um, Equality New York is a great organization that's working to elect progressive um, allies and LGBTQ people across the state of New York. And I, 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 I love being on their advisory board. Um, and I love the work that they do, especially around um, legislation for uh, trans people in New York. Mm-hmm. And they kind of like spearheaded getting gender um, the uh, past um, to protect trans people and um, working on decriminalized sex work and and gender affirming care and all of that. And, uh, and then Ali Fournier Center, like I said, I've been you know involved in some capacity with them since like 2008 or 2009. And uh, uh, and then a couple years ago, uh, they honored me at their gala, which was overwhelming and beautiful and uh i was like incredibly grateful and and uh and then yeah, how special yeah and then i was invited to be on their board and i love doing that i i do a lot of events like i, I i'm i'm uh, emceeing their auction at their gala again this year which i've done many times i i i'm chairing their big dance-a-thon i, I hosted it last year and i'm chairing the next one we raised five hundred thousand dollars um wow it was in october we did that um we raised five hundred thousand dollars and i and i emceed it and i'm going to be emceeing it next year and sharing it and our goal is to raise a million dollars so i i'm really excited for that um hell yeah double it up baby double it up i hope we i hope we can do it we will do it yes for sure yeah that's amazing i work with drag story hour a lot i i am uh i consulted for glad now which is super cool um, that's a really fun job. Um, oh, wow. What does that entail? Uh, we're working with drag artists across the country, particularly in states that are targeted by anti-drag legislation on how, um, to handle that. Fierce. Which is really cool. That's incredible. Yeah, I'm really So, we're heading that. this is probably 
an annoying question that I think maybe every drag queen at this point is like, really? But I ha- I must ask. No, I don't want to be on Drag Race. <laughs> yes. Okay. Okay. That was the question. Because I, you mentioned obviously that like when you started, it was pre this like phenomenon that the show has become and, and sort of like the idea of like what it is to be a drag queen has shifted immensely. So what about Drag Race is important to you as a drag queen that you don't, you know, but and you still don't need to participate in it? I mean, Drag Race has changed the landscape of drag. It's incredible. Like what RuPaul and World of Wonder has done is incredible across the world, across mm-hmm. the world, with all their franchises. And I've seen so many friends just explode with their careers and, and, and that's beautiful. And what they've done, you know, it's because of Drag Race that, you know, we're able to have so many different shows with drag representation on TV now, which is amazing. You know, it really laid the groundwork for that. And and that's an incredibly um, amazing achievement, you know, and, and, and I'm so grateful for, for RuPaul and um, uh, Fenton Bailey and, you know, uh, those folks for putting it together. I work very closely with Drag Race a lot with World of Wonder. I do a lot of political mm-hmm. stuff for them. I do panels for them for DragCon and they've always been super supportive of me, which I'm really um, grateful for. And I've, of course, auditioned for the show and had conversations and whatnot. But now I'm at the stage where like, you know, I'm turning 36. I am very happy with my career. Listen, if I, like that, maybe next year I'll audition. I don't know. Like, and sure. maybe I'll change my mind. Uh, but for now, in this present moment in my life, I'm very happy with how things are going in my career. And, and I'm like, okay, I'm okay with it, you know? Um, Absolutely. I'm not saying like, oh, I don't want to be on it because I hate Drag Race. That's not true. I love Drag Race. I watch it religiously. Um, <laughs> but uh, for me at this, on this particular day in time, like, I'm like very content. I love that. So you also recently, in in, um, in December, before the new year, had um, the opportunity to attend the signing of the Respect for Marriage Act at the White House. What was that like? Was, was that something that you um, expected? Or have you ever, you know, thought about even being invited to the White House? No, girl. I... <laughs> no! Um, I got the invite, and I... I called my boyfriend, like, cry. I FaceTimed him, and I was, like, sobbing. He was, like, oh, my God, what happened? What's wrong? Uh, right. I was, like, we're going to the White House. And he was, like, what? And I was, like, we're going. You're, co- you're By the way, you're coming with me. Uh, <laughs> and he was, like, what are you talking? Like, what? It's, like, stop crying. Like, what are you talking? Like, what? Uh, and I just couldn't, you know, I was very overwhelmed with gratitude, you know? I mean, there was a lot of people who were invited, but, like, I was honored to be one of them, you know? And and to be a drag artist who was there, you know, Shangela was there and Britta was there as well. And, and um, uh, I was just incredibly grateful to be a part of that historical moment in our country's history. And mm-hmm. um, I don't know if I'll ever get invited back. I, I hope. Uh, <laughs> but I, I got the invite hanging on my wall. Uh, Hell yeah, you do. <laughs> But yeah, I don't, it was beautiful. It was a really incredible moment. And, and it's so funny, like Britta and Shangela went in drag and they looked beautiful. And a lot of people questioned why I didn't go in drag. And I I thought about it. But one, I was like, I don't want to be in drag all day. Uh, but but the other real. Thing, I was like, I really wanted to take the opportunity to to really, for me, 
this is like for for me this is not taking away from other people dressing in drag at the event because that's their experience and they looked gorgeous and that's how they wanted to experience the event and i loved it and celebrated it and like i'm so proud that they were there like i love both of them so much they're dear friends and but for me i was like i really want like i'm going with my boyfriend to this historic event and i don't want to for me i didn't want to like be a center of attention kind of thing i wanted to just be there to like witness this historical moment and really soak it in and 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 that was not i mean of course like it was so funny though i was doing like we're in the train station in dc and i was like doing interviews with like abc and cbs like all these things so we're like at shake shack and I, like, have my phone propped up to, like, do the Zoom and my headphones in. And John is, like, trying to eat and, like, like taking pictures of me doing these interviews in the train because it's the only place I could, I could like, do these presses. So I, like, wanted to be low-key. And then, like, the – for what – I don't know why, but, like, the press kind of, like, blew up that I was going before the event. And then uh, – and then, of course, like, the negative press from the alt-right came after. But – um well, classic as it as it always fucking yeah. will. Uh, but it was so fu- it was just such a funny weird day, like doing press in a train station and then <laughs> going to the event, and uh, like it was a chaotically beautiful day. That's amazing. Um, so I am a person who identifies as non-binary. I use he/they pronouns. Um, can you tell me a little bit about what what led you to your um, your gender? identity in in the realm of politics and drag i feel like it's often he out of drag and she in drag and it for for this like new sort of explosion of um like language and rhetoric surrounding being non-binary i think it's really cool that it's it's shifted so much yeah language has changed and evolved so much i use they them pronouns but it's so funny somebody asked me the other day like my my boyfriend calls me his boyfriend and it's because and he, he asked me when he asked me out, he was like, what's a non-binary term for boyfriend? I was like, I don't know. And we like Googled it. And I was like, I don't like partner. I'm not in a law firm. I don't like that. I don't like that. So I was like, you can just call me your boyfriend, whatever. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, but I use they, them pronouns. And, and I had this experience, like when I came out at 14 as gay, that's like the language I knew. And, um, but there was like this I was missing piece of the puzzle. Right. And so as language evolved and we started talking about gender and the gender spectrum and everything more i was like oh that's the missing piece i don't identify as like either uh uh-huh. uh of the little boxes you're supposed to check and like i just really don't and if i'm in drag you can call me she i don't care like uh but i use they them pronouns and um and yeah and, and language has evolved a lot and it's going to continue to evolve and i think that every single pro- I, I, th- there's no like one box that a non-binary person fits in you know like everybody's experience is different which is why i think it's important to have like inclusive language where like you ask people like uh oh what are your pronouns or what are your you know like ask people because it can also change day to day as you evolve as a person you know like, totally we're ever ch- i think people get so stuck in this notion that like okay, we're grownups now and this is who we are and this is who we're going to be for the rest of our lives. And it's like, no, like, how boring. Like, we should be <laughs> continuing to learn and discover new things about ourselves. We should be able Absolutely. to discover new things, like, like, unlock different parts of ourselves that we didn't know about or, or mm-hmm. we're searching for. And, and so, like, I like that. I love it, too. I, I think... Um my experience in and out of the audition rooms as of late um, has been interesting because I 
use he, they pronouns. And that means that most of the time, if I walk into a room um, and I have a mustache, people are going to use he pronouns, which I'm totally okay with. Um, But at the same time, if I'm going in for a role like I was in for um, Six, the musical, auditioning for the six queens who were the wives of Henry VIII, and they obviously do not use he pronouns. So that's weird. That's amazing. Thanks. It was so fun. And I, I, that was like one of the first experiences that I had where I really was like, oh, I'm being, I'm being taken seriously as a non-binary person. You know, they, they weren't looking at me as a man who can sing like a lady so we could consider them. Like it was like, I was a, a person and regardless of my gender expression, I was being considered for a role that they saw that I could play, you know? Amazing. And it was really, that was really eye-opening. So um, I'm excited to continue on this path and, and see how the progress can be made and how sort of paths can be forged. Um, but it is interesting, you know, to not be a professional drag queen, to be an actor. And so I, there are many times where I'm asked to play cis hetero men and that's part of the gig i'm i'm an actor and that's what i will do but um i'm I'm really excited for the doors to open um for more of us to like jay harrison who's like breaking down doors i love them yes played velma kelly at the muni like crazy shit uh, justin in um uh and juliet and juliet yeah they're like they're breaking down so many barriers which is incredible mm-hmm. and i'm i'm really excited too that it's so much less about the shtick of it and the joke the tongue-in-cheek thing that you mentioned at, um about jinx and like sis, sis is an incredible actress and she played uh ado annie in the oklahoma tour and yes she did it was not like a tongue-in-cheek thing like she's a beautiful black trans woman who was cast in this role and deservedly so you know and and so i'm happy that casting directors are starting to uh, just cast good, talented people who exactly. can play the part, um, reg- regardless of who they are. Yeah, totally. Do you have a favorite musical? Uh, the Color Purple, followed by Fiddler on the Roof, followed by The Wedding Singer. Oh my god, okay, that was so succinct. My goodness, you <laughs> you had those answers ready. <laughs> Oh my god, I love The Wedding Singer. I got to do it um, regionally in like a summer stock production and it was one of the most fun shows I've ever done. Oh, I'm so jealous. When I was like, right around the time that I was doing Twist, they were doing the national tour and I got 14 callbacks, which should be illegal. That needs to die. Over the the course of a year, I kept getting called in and kept getting called in and kept getting called in. And by the time I was like, this is my 14th call. Like, you want me? (laughs) what else do i need to do yeah like what else do i have to do and i didn't get it uh and now i'm probably too old to play the part but maybe not no you'd be great are you kidding me you'd be hilarious put me in it revive it give us justice (laughs) we need a revival of the wedding singer (laughs) just for me marty Thank you so much for being on the show. This was so fun. You are such a delight to talk to. Oh, you're amazing. Um, Let's revive the wedding. If we got anything out of this talk, let's revive the wedding. (laughs) 
<laughs> Period. Um, and I'm. It's truly been enough time. It's been. Oh yeah, like it's been legally been years. Like let's let's fucking go. Absolutely. It's also just so fucking funny. Like there's just nothing wrong with that show. It's just a blast. And I'm so excited to get to um, participate in your show at the spot in a few days. Yes. Great. It's going to be great. You're amazing. I'm sorry I won't be there for that one. Uh, but we'll have you back for another one. For all of our listeners, I'm a terrible friend and, and I am going to go do Valentine's. So oh, shut up. up. You have you have prior engagements. Yeah, I've been <laughs> out of town for a week, so I'm like... <laughs> yes, you've got to see a man's. Yes, thank you. Um, well, you're so lovely, and I'm so grateful. Um, thank you for having me. Oh my God, thank you. This is so fun. You guys, that's it for this episode of Oh My Pod, you guys. Thank you so much for listening. You can find Marty Cummings on Instagram at, at Marty G Cummings. And you may also want to follow at Official Broadway World so that you are updated on some very fun news in the coming days. Love you all, and I'll talk to you soon. Bye. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E dot org because only together we rise.